was studying in Romans 7. Powerful stuff around. How many have ever read Romans 6 and 7 about the flesh and the spirit and lust of this and that? Uh, I almost brought that. You know, I'm, I'm, but as I would read that and I was preparing for that, I kept thinking about Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. And just coming over here, God you know, like said, no, no, let's, let's teach on this, on prayer. And because Romans chapter 8 is, is, is very, very powerful. The Bible says, you know, we are not under the law anymore. We're under what? Grace. At, and, and, you know, when you're under the law, that's different, you know. And, but that's, the law is, 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 all the law is is like a, it's a taskmaster. It helps bring you to God. You know, the law is like the mirror. It shows you what's wrong with you. Uh, and that's what the Old Testament was. It was like showing you how bad we are. But it can't do nothing for you. It can't help you. And the Bible says, we, in, in, you know, uh, sin slew me. But the law didn't. The law is good and pure and holy. Romans 7 talks about how there's nothing wrong with the law. It's, it's, it's good. It's good for you. It's like, a, it's like a cop. Hallelujah. One of them call them the law. Uh, but they, they're there to help. Protect them. They're supposed to. Uh, but as I was studying for that, I kept thinking, but Romans 8 is the, the powerhouse. Uh, that's probably the most spiritual, powerful chapter in the Bible. I would, I would, you know, I would say I'm not a scholar, scholar of the Word of God, but many people agree, Romans 8. And a lot of everybody likes Romans 8, 28, because why? Because all things work together for good. And I've been bringing out Romans 8, 29, talking about being conformed to His image, right? That God's not into comforting you, He's into what? Conforming you. God doesn't want to make you a sissy. You know, comfort, that was the easy road. Nah, God's into conforming you. Uh, I mean, the, the, really, the instruments my daughter has learned to play, they didn't come easy. She had to be conformed. For the drum, she had to be conformed to the image of her brother. Uh, learning how to play over here. It, it, takes, it takes, you know, determination and study and, and, and discipline, all those things. Um, being con- so same thing with God. To be conformed to his image is not easy. But that's what he's into. He's not into comforting comfort you, but into conforming you into the image of his son, which is trials and tribulations and three-hour sermons on Friday nights. Hallelujah. But now I want us to look at Romans 8, 26. Prayer. Prayer. It says there, let's begin reading 22. We know that the whole creation has been what? Groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Ladies, you know about that? What woman can say very empathetically, I know about the groanings of childbirth. My wife's not here today, she asked me, because she has to preach twice at the, at the women's convention, down at the women's retreat. So she called me, she said, can I stay home? I said, sure. I'm a nice guy. But that was probably the Lord's, that way I can talk about her. <laughs> Stephanie, you don't always talk about her. God always opens the door for me to talk about her. But I've told most of you, you know what I'm going to tell you right now, right? Some of you don't. But and those of you will find out right now. When my wife was having a Stevan, it was a trip. <laughs> it was a trip. I'm going trip out. Look at homegirl here. She was bang. <laughs> Any ladies done that? She was hitting the walls. You know, like here they come again. I know about that lady. Here they come again. I, I, I know to get away during the, when they're when those things. Whatever those things are, when they're coming, get away. Uh, I said, oh no, here come the demons, you know, here they come again, and bah, she hit the wall, and bah, hit the wall, I said, man, groanings of a, of a woman, so you know what it's like, that's what, that's what the spirit gets like, and that's how we should pray, and we'll find that out, let's keep going on, <laughs> some of you guys are going to look at her and say, uh-oh, next time you see her, huh? Verse 19, the creation waits in eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed, just like when a woman's in childbirth, waiting, for her sons. 
For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and run the glorious freedom of the children of God. Okay. Oh my God, I went real high on We know that Pastor Steve can sometimes get caught up over here because of his glasses. Oh, no, no, no. It says, we know that the whole creation has been growing in the, as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves, we have the what? Talking about first fruits of the Spirit. We who are the, the first fruit of the Spirit, grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for the adoption as sons, the redemption of our what? Bodies. See, there's something inside of us wanting to get out. It's called the Holy Ghost when you're saved. When you're born again. If you don't have that in you, you can get it today. That's why I don't put a needle in my veins no more. Because something is inside of me here helping me, groaning. I have the power of the Holy Spirit now. And it tells me, you know, when I want to do bad, because how many know we have evil inclinations? The Holy Ghost tells me, oh, yeah. Uh-huh. <clears throat> Anybody have the Holy Ghost tell you that sometimes when you want to sin? or to... <clears throat> He's groaning inside of you. I said, uh-uh. And I said, oh, okay. Uh, verse 24, for in this hope we were what? Saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what he already has? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. Here's the key verse. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with what? Groans or utterings. Some of you are saying utterings that, that words cannot express. And he who searches the hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. Father, I pray, knowing that you've already interceded for us, Lord God, that we would learn to be better intercessors, prayer warriors, individually, and then as we put our prayers together corporately. Let this be a church that is not necessarily known for prayer, but a praying church. We don't want to high sign the fact that we pray. Let only heaven know. Let, let you know, Lord God, that we are a church that desires to groan in the Spirit and pray in the Spirit. We bless you and praise you in Jesus' name. Everybody together said? Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Now, it says here in the King James, the Spirit groans or prays, okay, with groanings that cannot be uttered. Now, Paul here is not referring to systematic, programmatic prayer, okay? He's talking about groanings that nobody even understands. Uh, it's, it's, it's from deep within. It's not program prayer. It's not found in some, you know, Microsoft computer, software, hardware, chip, then that's hallelujah. Uh, you can't program this kind of prayer. Uh, you can't just put it in and there it goes. It's, it's something from within that only the Spirit of God inside of you and God himself knows about. It's not systematic. You can't put your, your finger on it, okay? It's not a formula kind of prayer. See, our faith, okay, in other words, he's saying like, you know the kind of prayer that some people sometimes do because Jesus taught us to pray this way, but we formulate it and we say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, thy will on earth as it is. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses, we forgive those trespasses against us. And he the the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Ah, you ever did Holy Father, Father God, 
Holy Father, Father of Mary, or something like that. Uh, I wasn't Catholic, so I don't know. It's not that kind of prayer. See, that's Pharisaic prayer. Paul knew all about Pharisaic prayer. Paul was the Pharisee of Pharisees. Paul says, I know how to do that. I can, I can utter all those things. Everything systematic. Got it down to a T. Uh, he's saying, not that prayer. It's prayer from way in here. From deep within. It's not systematic at all. You can't pinpoint it. It's got to come from within. Groanings that cannot be uttered. Not at all. Uh, he's talking about that type of prayer. Prayer that shakes the throne. Paul is speaking about an effectual, fervent prayer, as the book of James talks about. Prayer that gets things done. That gets down to the nitty-gritty, down-to-earth, up-to-heaven type of prayer. Prayer, again, that shakes the throne and is able to shake the bay. See, Paul knew the weakness in formula praying. Because, like I said, he sat at the feet of Gamaliel. He, he says, I was a Pharisee of, uh, of Pharisees. He knew all about the, the prayer of, of competition that often filters into our churches today. Uh, see, they, sometimes, you know, brother, could you lead in prayer? Why, certainly. Huh? And they wait till everybody's, shh. Oh, now I have everybody's attention. Dear Heavenly Father. Huh? And he hopes all the girls are listening. He don't care if God's listening. But he wants the girls to be listening. Heavenly Father, which art in heaven and can see, someday I am going to be a minister of the gospel. Huh? Yeah, yeah. But we get like that. We want to flaunt our spirituality. See, Paul and Jesus, uh, they had seen it in the Pharisees. Matthew 23, 14 says, You devour widows' houses, and for a pretense, you make long prayers in the streets. Paul and Jesus had seen this kind of prayer. They do it to get people's attention. Uh, and he says, that's not real prayer. That's not prayer from within. Thus, my friend, though prayer with human language is good, it is only, you know, it can only go so far. And eventually, my friend, we will come to Isaiah 55 where it says, our thoughts are not his thoughts, our ways are not his ways. We don't really know. Like I said before, sometimes we're not here praying, sometimes the Holy Spirit is inside of us saying, Steve, shut up. Please run out of things to say because I have to really, really pray. Ah. Because he knows how we should pray. See, we could be praying, oh dear Lord, do give me a blessed wife. Ah. Please, dear understanding Father, and I'll serve you till the day I die. Uh, see, well, maybe your body thinks that you need this, this, this blessing right now. But the Holy Ghost, my friend, perhaps he truly knows that if you get married right now, that without first learning how to keep your body holy and there's objection, then your body's going to get you in trouble. And you're not going to be able to do the right thing. Uh, oh, God. I need a rib. Uh, I know, oh God, you know, this body, oh, it's better to marry than burn. Uh, well, that's talking to mature Christians. Uh, not little baby, little, just, you know, doesn't make sense. I'm not going to let my, you know, a little baby drive my car. 
takes a while. You got to learn. Uh, but we get like that many times. Are you with me? Uh, so how does the Bible state for us to pray? It says in the Spirit. And in verse 26 there of Romans 8, it says, For we know not. It outright tells us that we're ignorant. We don't know what to pray for. But the Spirit makes intercessions for us with groanings. Thus, my friend, we can see that my prayers can be categorized as fleshly, selfish, immature, and imperfect prayers. While on the other hand, His utterings, the Holy Spirit's, can be said to be spiritual, servant prayers, mature, articulate, to the point, perfect, if you choose, prayers. When we pray as the Spirit gave them utterance, when we pray in the Spirit, under His guidance, under His direction, there definitely is a difference than the fleshly prayer and God's type of prayers. A world of difference. This separates us from the kingdom of this world and the kingdom of God. See, Paul saw the difference. As a Pharisee again, he had experienced the human element in prayer. He knew what it was like. He could tell the difference between human prayer, secular prayer, selfish prayer, and God's kind of prayer. But now, here Paul is a genuine believer. He was experiencing the all-important divine element in his prayers, which was praying in the Holy Ghost, praying in the Holy Spirit. He knew the difference. See, Paul used to be a first. He, he, he tried to, you know, religion in a sense is man's attempt to get to God. But Christianity is God's attempt to get to man. He already had all that religion. He, had, he was up to there with Phariseeism. So when he got baptized in the Holy Ghost, when he got filled with the Holy Spirit, he knew the difference. I mean, you can tell when, when God's got a hold of you. I mean, you know, there's, there's, there's no better, uh, how could you say, uh, 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 advertisement for Christianity than a Christian. Especially somebody that you knew from before, and all of a sudden, what got into him? The Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost. You want to look? Uh, I mean, it's inside of us, helping us. But not only helping us to live victorious Christian lives, but helping us how to pray. Even. Uh, in the Spirit. And Paul knew the difference. You can't tell me no difference. Uh, why do you think I'm here today as your pastor? Because some lady prayed in the Spirit for me. And some of you have heard my testimony. In Santa Paula. Some of you have heard her preach before. Lady Taylor. In our, in our city, they used to call her the Holy Ghost Lady. The Holy Ghost. Because everybody was like, ooh, the Holy Ghost. Uh, and I was going back to prison. I was all these things were happening. And my dad saw her driving down the street. And my dad humbled himself and, you know, whistled her down. Idiot. Uh, and so they did to the rescue. They called the Holy Ghost Lady. She stops. And many of you heard my testimony how, you know, my dad's watering the lawn and he's... He's talking to her, and the lady says, agrees, she says, yes, your, your son looks like a bag of bones, 125 pounds, ready for the morgue, blah, blah, you know, walking uh, uh, bones, what he was. And then he invites her inside the house. My mama and I are like, oh, my God, she's in the house, the Holy Ghost lady. Uh, and she tells me exactly what happened later on. You know, I was, I was, I was upstairs, and, and then she, my dad says, well, what can we do? And then the lady goes, let's pray. My dad goes, I guess so. Uh, and then, you know, you know, because my mom and I were upstairs. She goes, let's hold hands. And my mother gets, I feel like telling my mom, mom, go beat her up. She's holding hands with that, you know. Let's hold hands. Because the Bible says where two or three agree is touching one thing, it shall be done. Uh, that's power in prayer. Uh, and, and, and so they hold hands. And, and I, was, I, was, I thought she was going to have one of those things, too. I thought it was going to be like omnipotent father. Check out that bag of bones. Come into his life, omniscience, uh, ever so 
effervescent, uh, fluorescent, uh, compassionate. Uh, I thought I was going to be, you know, really, some of you have heard this. She, says, she said this. She says, God, you see Steve. He's all messed up. Get him. In Jesus' name, amen. My dad thought it was going to be a long Pharisee prayer. No, it's from right in here. Right in the, the next day, I was in victory outreach. Hallelujah. Uh, effectual, fervent prayer. Man, I feel like stopping right now and praying already. Hallelujah. Uh, don't laugh. I feel like praying for you. Hallelujah. I'm just kidding. Hallelujah. Just, just kidding. Just kidding. As you pray for me. Hallelujah. Yeah. You scratch my prayer, I'll scratch your prayer. Hallelujah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but see, somebody prayed for me. Uh, how about Pastor Sonny, his conversion? His mother prayed for him. Uh, and you've heard Pastor Sonny's story. How, how like, you know, he, he, he was stealing suits from his mother. And his dad caught him and said, Ah, oh, man, you drug addict, filthy drug addict. And his mother was in the prayer closet. And she comes out and she talks to her, her husband and says, No. You leave Sonny alone because today God showed me Sonny's going to get saved. I mean, that's faith. That's faith of a mother. I mean, when I got saved, and Ricky knows no drug addicts at all hardly were saved in my neighborhood. But Sonny was way before me. That was in New York. There was no drug addict saved. Uh, so for a lady to come and say, God showed me Sonny's going to be saved. <laughs> Probably the devil went, oh, yeah, right, lady. You know, uh, but that's what happens. The effectual fervent prayer availeth much. So we got to learn to pray like that. Prayer in the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. See, the enemy knows this. And he trembles at the thought of us understanding this portion of the Bible. You know that? Romans 8.26. Everybody knows Romans 8.28. But I believe the enemy shudders when he says, oh my God, let them skip over Romans 8.26 real quick. And get to the all things work together for good. That's a good one. Uh, but they, I don't want them to understand 826. Because they can cause big time havoc to the kingdom of Satan. Hallelujah. And what you're going to do. Amen. See, regular human fleshy prayer is a prayer for the easy way out. It is a prayer for comfort, for success, for ambition, physical satisfaction. See, far too many Christians never get out of this type of prayer. They never reach... First base in Christianity. All they're concerned with is number one. Our Father which art in heaven, take care of me, 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 me. Me, 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 me. They never, they're always making memes. But they never get out of that type of prayer. As long as self is catered to, there's victory in their lives. How's it going? Great, just great, blessed, blessed. Oh, yeah, well, God's take care of me. Uh, oh, fine. Fine and dandy. Uh, there's peace in the valley when self is pampered and satisfied. Those, my friend, that pray like this, when their prayers are denied, how's it going? I don't know. I don't know. Hmm? They can't take that. These are those which have never felt that divine element, that divine stirring, groanings which cannot be uttered, as Romans 8.26 talks about. Oh, my friend, but to those who have tasted of the divine, the power of the Holy Ghost, uh, to know that you have a direct spiritual electric connection to the very throne. Look out. What do you think I felt like saying? I, I want to stop right now and let's get into prayer. We're going to have some heavy prayer today. 
I mean, there's going to be some throne stuff hidden today. Now, there's going to be some effectual prayer here today. Because uh, we're preaching on it, and faith goes by hearing, hearing the word of God. So, man, we're going to touch heaven today. Uh, and what I like about, you know, speaking in tongues and groaning from within is that the devil can't understand that. He gets all bent out of shape. Uh, then he goes and he whispers to the Baptists. <laughs> uh, there was a liar. Oh, that part of the scripture was for the early church. That was just in the beginning. Because many times I've told you, you know, he says, well, it's like the Marines. When we conquered, uh, 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 you know, Europe, well, the Marines went first. And after that, then the Navy came in. And then the, this one and that. But that's the way it was. Tongues was for the beginning to usher in the Marines. My God, if we ever needed the Marines, it's now. Not on Normandy. Uh, but in East Timor. Uh, over in Serbia, we still need those shandolosandas. Yeah, we do. We still need the brain. And then again, the reason I said I like it is because the devil can't understand that. Now, when I'm praying like I'm talking right now, the devil's listening. But when I start shandoing, because he's a proud, the devil's real proud. He, gets all, he can't understand. It's like a connection between just you and God. I mean, that's what I like. Even, even your thoughts, he doesn't understand your thoughts. That's why sometimes it's better to just don't say nothing. Uh, if you're going through something, uh, but the minute you start saying, you know what, I don't know about that church. Uh, then he'll know where to hit you. You know that, brother? Really, I learned that right away when I was in the men's home. That's why you can have good victory in the men's home. You know, you learn stuff and you do, but sometimes when you get out of the home after a while, you, you forget about that stuff. And you start saying, you know what about that men's home? Hallelujah. Uh, <laughs> uh, nah. But that's the way to do it. You got to learn all these. That's what I'm saying. The devil gets mad when people start learning about prayer. And then not only learning about it, but actually doing it. Amen? See, these are they that make, these people that know how to pray, they make E.T.'s phone seem like a Mattel Christmas toy. They do. When they get on their knees, uh, the kingdom of this world begins to shake. All the kingdoms. Those tongues, those groanings are vibrations from God himself who lives within us. We get out of the way and let him take over. Uh, talk about ET phone home. That, that's real. That's real phone call. When you get in there and, on your, and you really begin to groan, uh, call out unto God. We actually become like fine-tuned instruments that only the grand maestro himself knows how to play. Glory to God. He knows it. He's a grand maestro. Uh, we, we become like an instrument for God. Fine-tuned. Anybody here know how to play instruments? Uh, well, can, can you imagine being a fine-tuned grand piano? Baby grand here. Play me, Jesus. Uh, everything, everything just right. Uh, that's what we become. I want to be like that. I want to be a fine-tuned instrument that, that the Holy Ghost can play me in. Make beautiful, prayerful noise unto the Lord. That's what we become like. Instruments in the Master's hand. Uh, ready for His use. So the Holy Spirit knows who we ought to be praying for. After all, He is God. See, what can, you know, what can be an example of praying in the Spirit? You. 
you. Because over 18 years ago, I know, over 18 years ago, a church in East L.A. began to pray for you. I was there. When they would all get, oh, we're going to pioneer brand new churches, and Stephen Joseph, you're going to go to where? What's the name of that place? Where are they going? Uh, I mean, we know the way to San Jose, but where? Because uh, everybody do, you know, the way to San Jose. Ed was already in San Jose, and Gabriel was already in Redwood City. Uh, we we're going to be the third church launched in Northern California. But they, you guys were birthed, like this says here, like a son being birthed in groanings and prayer. Somebody paid a price over there. Uh, I mean, we would have all night prayer for you. We didn't even know you yet. Nobody knew you guys. But, man, there would be Pastor Sonny getting in there and really getting down. Listen, we're about to start birthing new churches again. And it can't be done just like they say in Spanish, a la bolin, just boom, 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 just like that. It's got to be done groanings. We don't know who we're going to be praying for right now, but the Holy Spirit does. People in San Mateo. Uh, it's your turn now. People, that's what I'm trying to tell you. Uh, somebody in East L.A. did it for you. Now it's your turn to start praying in the Holy Ghost, praying in the Spirit, birthing these new churches. Birthing these new pastors that are going to be coming out from among us. Uh, it's going to take a price. Anything of value, you've got to pay a price. Or for this one, anything of value, you've got to pray a price. Hallelujah. Uh, you know that even Jesus prayed with groanings? Look at Mark 7.34. It says there, no, turn to John 11.33. But let me quote Mark 7.34. It says, and looking up, to heaven, he sighed or he groaned. Then saith unto, unto him, Be thou open. So Jesus groaned. But look at John 11, verses 33 and 38. Do you have it, John 11? When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and trouble. He groaned in the spirit. Verse 38. Jesus once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Uh, deeply moved. From where? From within. He, he, he groaned himself. That all speaks about that. Because he was praying. He was about to do a, a, a very, very powerful miracle here. Raising Lazarus from the dead. Uh, I mean, that, that was going to be a very, very powerful miracle. I mean, can you imagine Mary and Martha being there and they're all mad at Jesus. Didn't you care for him? And the Bible says, Mary and Martha, who Jesus loved. Lazarus, who Jesus loved. But sometimes we have love on hold. Have you read my page in my first notes there? Love on hold. Because, see, sometimes if Jesus loves you, he'll come right now. No, he won't. Not all the time. Lazarus was dead and he loved him, but he came later. Uh, but can you imagine Mary and Martha being there at the tomb and Jesus groaning in prayer? But that's how the biggest miracle maybe ever recorded was birthed in a groaning prayer. And there he says, he says, Lazarus, after he had wept, after he had cried. And I really think he wasn't really crying for, I think he was crying for the people they didn't understand that he loved them. I really believe that. I've studied this and I believe he cried because he, because people didn't believe that he loved them. You don't care. Jesus, don't you care if you perished? Man, when, you, when you're addressing somebody that really loves you and you're, you're accusing them of not loving you, that can hurt. That can hurt. 
Uh, and he says, man, I loved you. Okay, Lazarus, come forth. I can imagine Mary and Martha going, you know, like, like, see, I'm a very, very, very sports athletic fan. And if I have the remote control and it's a tight game, I'm not going to see it. Right, Stephanie? I will not see it. If the Dodgers are getting beat, and it's, I'll change it. Anyway, I, just, I don't want to see it. Uh, but when I go to the game and I'm there, I got to see it. That's the way it was with Mary and Martha. They go, oh, no. We bought the ticket. We got to see. Oh. Now, if it would have been in video, Mary and Martha could have changed the station. Lazarus, come for, oh, my God. Uh, but they had to stay and see it. Look at this. Ah. Uh, and Jesus said, Valgame me. Hallelujah. That's, you have to understand Spanish for that one. You have to understand Spanish for that one. It is, uh, but it was birthed in groaning prayer. Big miracles. We need big miracles here in the city. Here in this area. But they have to be birthed through groanings. Some of you need some heavy, heavy miracles right now. Well, it's going to be birthed in your groaning prayers. That's how it's going to happen. Some of you need your children to get right. Groaning in prayer. That's how it's birthed. Hallelujah. Almost lost my glasses. I couldn't see where they were. <laughs> Praise God. Uh, now, what does this type of prayer produce within Christians, within you and I? Uh, why do we have to groan? First of all, and then I'm going to close the closing now. What does this prayer produce? Number one, see, because I'm filled with the breath of eternity and immortality. We long for the time when time shall be no more. The Holy Spirit within us knows that it is eternal, yet it's boxed in, you and I, earthen vessels, the Bible calls us, a temporary pot or jar of clay. That's what it, in other words, it's inside of us, and it, and it produces a groaning that, man, I don't like all that much living inside of Steve. I want to go home. <laughs> really good. Earthen vessels, jars of clay. But it has to live inside imperfect jars of clay, marred, scarred. That's why it groans. Oh, I don't know. Uh, you, ever, you ever been to some place and you don't want to be there totally? Uh, yeah. How long am I going to be here? Uh, especially kids that got to go someplace with their mom and dad. Uh, or kids that got to go shopping with their father. That's an outside, inside, roundabout joke. I don't want to go, Dad. Let Mom, you pick us up. Dad's going to go shopping. No, I don't want to be there. How long? Oh, no. He's going to go to Ross. No! <laughs> Mom, he's threatening to take us to Wendy's first. What a con. He doesn't want to be there. Well, that's, that's why he's groaning. He don't, I mean, he wants to be in there. He wants to help us, but he wants to go home. That's what groanings produce. That's why you get those groanings inside. He's uh, it, it's homesick. The Holy Ghost inside of it is homesick to get to where it belongs, which is by the throne of God. Uh, see, the Holy Spirit within us knows that it's eternal. He is restricted. He's restricted inside of us. Quite a word. So he groans. Uh, see, why prayers of groaning? Because it's the limited within the flesh, trying to make contact with the unlimited. It's the power of another world. It's sort of like E.T. phone home. That's really what it's like. That's the Holy Spirit inside of us. Okay, it's limited. 
but it's trying to make contact with the unlimited. See, the Holy Spirit knows what heaven's like. Soon we're going to be studying about heaven, uh, and, and, but it's going to be bad in heaven. So the Holy Spirit knows that he's got to be down here, be here, all that stuff, and, you know, he's got to go to La Piñata with me. Uh, and he's got to go, you know, but he's like, oh, God, I, yeah, okay, all right, you know, and he knows how long I'm going to be here on earth. Uh, but he's longing for that day uh, to be back home where he belongs and to get me there. Oh, I like that one. Uh, he wants to get me and he wants to get you to the spacious place, a place called heaven. Uh, see, once you've felt the power, you will never again be content with systematic, like I mentioned in the beginning of the sermon, formulated type of repeated prayers. Ha, I was waiting for that. Uh, man, once you tasted the powers of groanings and Holy Spirit type of prayer, you're not gonna, you'll never, our Father, we're tired in heaven. Huh? Come on, shut up. Uh, that's, good food, good meat, good God, let's eat. Oh, my God. Uh, no, that's, you, you won't be satisfied with that. Uh, that's why I trip, you know. I, I, you know some of you, I have a lot of books on sermons. And I got, you know, different material. But I trip out on books on prayer. You know, I know that some of you guys are new. You know, they have prayer books that you can read. And sometimes when I'm doing like a wedding with somebody else, how many of you have ever been to a wedding that I've, I've done, right? I'll make you laugh a few times. Yeah, you'll be there, I'll, yeah, we'll throw some salt in there. But sometimes I have to do like a co-wedding with another minister, and then they come and they say, hey, I do the dearly beloved stuff, but I'm going to throw some, you know, but they're almost, you know, and now let us pray. And, and reverence to the most holy sacrilegious of the platypuses of the... Uh, Omnipotent uh, accompaniment of the uh, refining of the pot. <laughs> so, you know, I feel like telling him, brother, be quiet. God can read. <laughs> I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, really, systematic, that doesn't, I don't get it. Uh, God's concerned with you, your personality, and the Holy Spirit inside of you. Groanings that cannot be uttered. God talking to God. Secondly, these groanings are breathless, okay? What these things are, they're breathings or signs, sign, a sign. That's what Jesus did of holiness. Okay, these can be described like a butterfly when it's a caterpillar, okay? When it's just down here on earth. Uh, longing for the freedom of flight. As the caterpillar takes its, its, its crawling around, you know, this ground, it, it doesn't like that. It wants to be, be a butterfly. Uh, it's sort of like the backslider. Once he's tasted of the eternal, crawling around in the world, he knows, my friend, that he doesn't have to be in the garbage can or in a cocoon, but he could be flying like the Holy Spirit. See, this type of prayer for holiness takes us also away from the selfishness, from being selfish. It's the it's a very cry from the bride to the bridegroom. It's a longing for the white robe uh, that we're going to be, you know, clothed in on that day. To go from filthy rags to fine linen. That's what it's like. Because we're going to be wearing fine linen. Lino fino, they call it in Spanish. I like the way it says in Spanish. Lino fino. Uh, that's how we're going to be dressed on that day. But right now we have to wear this filthy rags. We don't like it. Then lastly, thirdly and lastly, it's a grown 
for others. Not just for ourselves. It gets you out of your selfishness. It's a crying for the lost. A desire to see souls saved. Ah. See, a groan can be translated in the Greek as a burden. A groan, a burden. That's what it was, a burden. See, Jesus, Jesus had a burden. Paul had a burden. It's a, it's a burden for the people that, that, that don't know Christ. It gets you out of your selfishness. You, start, you, you care about other people more than yourself. That's what a groan, a, a groan is. You have a burden for, for other people. Like I said, that's the way the people prayed in East L.A. for you. They prayed with groanings that could not be uttered because they were groaning and they had a burden for you. I know. I was there. We have all night prayer for Hayward. And we didn't know nobody. But we'd be praying, Hayward, Hayward. See, we learned your name. Uh, and I mean, yeah, I mean, I loved it to see hundreds and hundreds of people praying at night. Hayward! Yeah, I could hear Hayward. I said, yeah, Hayward. Uh, people were praying for you people because it's a burden. A burden for the lost. Uh, we don't have to have all that Pharisaic kind of prayer. Uh, these groanings generate that missionary, that evangelist within each and every one of us that tells us, you know, to... to to work for the Lord while it is yet day. For the night that comes when no man can work. See, it quickens us to leave self behind and travel to the uttermost parts of the world. That's what groanings do. You can be here in Hayward, but really what your spirit will do, it'll be talking about Jakarta. It'll be talking about China. It'll be talking about the, the people in Turkey who had all that, those, those, you know, right now that's happening in Taiwan. That's, you can go from here to Taiwan in no seconds flat through your prayers. You can make intercession for them. Uh, it quickens us, like I said, to leave self behind. It disturbs our self-wills. So we pray with groanings that cannot be uttered as the Spirit gives us utterance. Self and science cannot understand this kind of prayer. Uh, not at all. No computer chip from Silicon Valley can figure this kind of prayer out. No computer can put its finger on this at all. Uh, these utterances. Why? Because they are the mind of the Spirit. And He knows how we should pray and what we should pray for. Again, it's God in you, the limited, trying to make contact with God, the unlimited. Uh, look at Revelation 22, 20. That's the second to the last verse in the Bible. Then I'm going to close with that. Revelation 22, verse 20. The Bible ends with groanings. The second to the last verse in the Bible. Do you have it? Revelation 22, verse 20 says, He who testifies to these things saith, Yes, I am coming soon. Amen. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. That's a groaning. The Bible ends in a prayer of groaning. Uh, and if it's good enough for the Bible, it's good enough for us. Some of you, you need to learn how to pray like this. It's, some of you have some emergency cases. So much is depending on your groaning. Uh, matter of fact, I can title the sermon, Grown Up. I like that. Guess who gave it to me? The Holy Ghost. Why don't you give it to me just right now? <laughs> See? Grown up. Because that's a mature kind of prayer. And yes, this church is called for greatness and some big stuff. 
But it has to happen in prayer. We've got to grown up. Get in there and let God do the work. Because it's not going to happen without this. If it does, it's superficial. It's temporary. And we're not talking about the temporary. Right we're talking about the eternal. We're making eternal dividends. We're making eternal differences in people's lives. But it all is birth and groaning prayer. When every head bowed and every eye closed. Father, I pray for your Holy Spirit to minister to lives that don't know you. Lord, I sense your power here. This is power, the power service. I know that you're here. I know that you want to do a work in people's lives. I pray that you would do as such. In Jesus' name I pray. Before I culminate and end this message, I want to pray for those of you that say, I need the Holy Ghost in my life. I need the power of the Holy Spirit. And I want to receive it by faith. I need these groanings, these utterances, these tongues in my life. I need the Spirit of God in my life to lead me, to guide me into all truth. It's found in God's Word. The gift of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit is for everybody. If you say, I need that power in my life, I'm not able to live as victorious as I should. If that's you here tonight, my prayers are with you. My prayers are for you. 